I'm Dave Baker. I'm Spandrew Spice. Welcome to Deep Cuts, the podcast where we pick a topic and walk you through the ins, the outs, and the nitty-gritty so you can appear like an interesting and idiosyncratic person at your next forced social function. Today's topic is... Catherine Hobbs. Who was Catherine Hobbs? Well, by all accounts, she was a normal teenager, a bookish and introverted girl. She was a resident of Las Vegas, Nevada, living with her single mother. However, there was something unique about young Kathy. She had visions, dark premonitions of her future. Ever since she was the age of eight years old, she was incessantly talking about how she would die when she turned 16. Tragically, despite making it to her 16th birthday, she was kidnapped just a few months later and never seen alive again. Really, I've been having some strange dreams. Being a teenager is rough. It's a time when everything is changing, when the world seems out to get you, and when you feel certain that you know how things work, but no one believes you. But what if you weren't wrong? What if you had the ability to see the future? Or what if your crippling anxiety was just right? It's hard to know which of these is the case with Katherine Hobbs. But either way, her life ended in tragedy. On the night of July 23rd, 1987, Katherine Hobbs went missing. At 11 p.m., she walked to a local supermarket to buy a book and then was never seen again. And she said, Mom, I'm going down to the store and buy a book. And she said, give me a kiss before I go. And I said, why, I'll be up when you get back. And she says, well, she says, I probably will stop and talk to the kids, so you might be in bed when I get back. So I gave her a kiss and... That was the last I saw of her. Kathy had walked to the store late at night many times. Usually her friends were gathered at the apartment complex swimming pool, chatting and gossiping. So Kathy's mother wasn't concerned for her safety. One of the kids would walk down to the store with her. There was no one at the swimming pool that night. So instead of coming home, she decided to go on to the store by herself. Assuming that Kathy would be with her friends, Vivian went to sleep. At 3 a.m., she awoke from a strange dream that at the time seemed innocent, but would later come back to haunt her. I woke up out of sound sleep. I felt like I had been hit on the head. And all of a sudden, I got a very peaceful feeling, and it was, well, it's over now. And I fell back to sleep. The next morning, Vivian discovered that Kathy's bedroom was empty. She still had not come home. Within the first day, we had tracked down friends, we, we stop here, uh, relatives. So we don't want to... Because basically, <laughs> most of this episode is just taken from this episode of Unsolved Murders or Unsolved Mysteries, whatever it is. So I'm just going to... We're going to kind of ba bounce back and forth between, you know, the episode sound and then me reading truncated versions of what they say in the episode. It's Unsolved Mysteries, bitch. Get it right. Well, you said unsolved murders, and then you were like unsolved mysteries or whatever it is. And I'm just like, whatever it is, it's unsolved mysteries. Copy that. Copy that. Copy that. The next morning, Vivian realized her daughter had not come home. She promptly called the police. By the end of the second day, police were sure that Kathy had been kidnapped. And here's where things get even crazier. Ever since she was a child, Catherine had had psychic visions that she would die young. I'm not trying to make a joke. I'm I'm genuinely curious what book 
she was going to the store late at night to buy. Like that's all that is that specifically is like what what book were you going out at like ten o'clock to buy? So she was intri- She was really into uh, like dime store romance novels, like Nora Roberts or whatever. Uh, and she had just finished one, and so she went to the store to buy another, you know, bodice rippery type novel. Um, and unfortunately, she shouldn't have. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, that that's fucked up. It's super fucked. It's super fucked. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, this is your fault, Danielle Steele. You did this with your addictive pornography. So, yeah, so she's basically, she's been having these crazy psychic visions ever since she was a little kid, eight years old. Like, that's, it's really eerie, too, because, you know, little kids say things all the time, like, oh, I think my toys can come alive at night, or like, oh, did you see the man outside the window? And, you know, sometimes you never know if they're, like, actually seeing what they're seeing, or if it's just their imagination, or... You know, weird kind of just like calls for attention, right? Yeah, for 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 years, uh, JJ the Fourth, um, he had a sister named Symphony, and she like lived in our house, and he would just tell us about how he saw Symphony in his room at night whenever he was asleep, and he would get freaked out. He didn't want to be in his room alone because Symphony was in there, and that and that that persisted for a long time. It finally ended at some point. He forgot about it, but for a long time, he had a sister named Symphony who. He would just see. Also, oddly enough, ever since uh, Phoenix WK could talk, every night, right before he drifts off to sleep, he just says, Dave's dick is going to fall off December 4th, 2023. I mean, at least some, there's going to be some good out of this. We'll have a bona fide psychic in the family. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if me or my siblings necessarily did stuff like that. I mean, I definitely was scared of stuff as a little kid. Like, did you ever see that movie, um, The Ghost and Mr. Chicken with Don Knotts? It's like a horror comedy about like a guy in a purportedly haunted house. Did you ever see that movie? Of course I have. I love that it's this obscure thing that like most people haven't seen, but you and I are just like relics of another time. For so- somehow, no, yeah, I had I had the Ghost of Mister Chicken on VHS. Do you uh, have you ever had premonitions or deja vu to an extreme degree or psychic visions? You know, uh, do you think that Phoenix WK or JJ the Fourth? I don't remember which one it was. Actually, did see ghosts in in your in the bedroom when he was sleeping? Like, do you do you think that little children have a, an ability to perceive things? Well, here's the, I mean, here's the thing. Just to preface all of this, and I think I, I think this is similar to you because you've said similar things in the past. Um, I'm open to any of these things. I'm not like hardcore, like this shit doesn't fucking exist. I'm open to the possibility that these things exist. But that kind of being said and gotten out of the way, I don't believe in ghosts. I, I do not believe in anytime someone says that they saw a ghost or something like that, I always assume that there's a rational explanation. I remember years ago, they sort of like came out with this thing that like may explain like all ghost sightings, which is that there's this, there's this like particular sound, um, this that's inaudible to the human ears. And it's produced by certain machinery, especially old machinery that causes the causes basically auditory hallucinations in people and that they said it could possibly explain every single ghost sighting that's ever happened is that somebody's in some old shitty house. This 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 sound is emanating from something in the house that causes auditory hallucinations and senses of dread and things like that. Everything, everything that would explain like ghosts, basically. Um, and I think that there's probably something to that. Um 
and there are certain things that happens. Uh, my my wife is very like into the idea of go not into the idea, but she she like kind of thinks that there are ghosts and she things happen and sh- and she like thinks that they're their spirits or ghosts or whatever. And I remember like when we first moved into this house, she says that one day she was alone and I don't think I don't think our first child was born yet. So she was just here by herself and she could have she said that she heard somebody in the house say uh mom or maybe it was dad. She like heard a disembodied voice say that. And I noticed throughout the years that like if you're standing in the bathroom and if somebody is next door at the next door neighbor's house talking it sounds like they're in the house. Like something about the sound acoustics and the reverberation, it just sounds like they're standing in the house with you. And so I was like, it's probably, it probably was that. It was probably somebody next door talking. It was their kid or something. And it just sounded like it was inside of the house. And there was another incident where right before our first child was born, like literally the day before, um, we were in... We were in our bedroom with the door shut and uh, her friend was visiting from out of town and she was in the bedroom that would end up becoming the kid's room. And our dog, uh, Jack, at the time, he uh, started freaking out and barking and he like went out and, and we, we could have sworn that we heard like like footsteps, like people walking. And he went out there and started growling at something and she swears that somebody must have like broken into the house and Jack scared her off. And I'm like, it was probably your friend. And she's like, no. And her friend swears she doesn't didn't go out at, at at all that night. And I'm just like, she probably did, though. She probably just forgot or something. She probably got up to go to the bathroom and just wasn't thinking. About it. Like, I always have those rationalizations for things. Uh, I mostly don't believe in this stuff. However, all of that being said, and this is this is, I think, probably darker than I think you probably imagine whenever you ask me this question. But for basically a huge chunk of my life. And once again, this is darker than I think you anticipated. I had this feeling somewhere, this un, this not a premonition, not a vision, but this feeling in like the core of my body that my brother was going to die and I needed to like stop him from dying. And that isn't something that I've invented after the fact. Uh, my brother uh, years ago, back in back in like 2013 or so, he worked at Taco Bell and I always just was like he he and he worked the late night shift. And I always just had this thing in the sitting in the back of my mind of just like he, like that's not a like that's a bad situation. Like he's working late night at Taco Bell and Bakersfield. Crazy people come in, you know, people come in and they like rob places like that's I just feel we I just feel like this this bad feeling that something bad is going to happen. And I literally got him a job. Uh, uh, at that time, Brandon was working for this company called Alchemic Dream, which was a, a company that did third party customer service and support for video games. So they they uh, they um, they hired them to like video games would hire them to do their support for them. So like World of Warcraft hired this company to and to farm out the support whenever you would have an issue with the game and you would call and get technical support. This company provided that. And Brandon did that as a job. He worked on some horse breeding game or something like that. And I got my brother a job at Alchemic Dream because I was just like, because at the time he had, uh, he was, ha- he just had had a kid uh, a couple years ago. So he had like a three-year-old and I was like, I'm going to get my brother this job. He can stay at home. He can be around his kid more. 
He doesn't have to go work at fucking Taco Bell at three in the morning or whatever bullshit. Um, and I got him that job and he worked that job for a while and he ended up not, he ended up getting tired of it. Um, which honestly I don't understand. It's like working this fucking job where you can be at home all the time and you just have to do this dumb shit, like whatever. But he didn't like it and he ended up going to work at Walgreens and basically in a, in a roundabout way, working at Walgreens is what ended up causing him to die because he, the reason why he died was because the, uh, he was a manager at a Walgreens in Bakersfield. And then they they asked they they said that they wanted him to start going out to this Walgreens and Paso Robles, which is like which is like a an hour hour and a half drive from Bakersfield, and start like going out there and like kind of running this one uh, Walgreens like a couple days a week or something like that. And so they had him they gave him a shift to go work at this Paso Robles Walgreens the day after Christmas. So Christmas happened, and then he had to in the in at like. Six in the morning, he had to go and drive out to Paso Robles to open up this Walgreens and, you know, work as the manager there for the day. And on the way there, he he died. He got into a car accident and died. Um, and yeah, I it didn't really come to full fruition to me or it, it didn't fully gel in my mind until at long after the fact. But I started thinking back and started realizing that for years I've had this feeling that something bad was going to happen to him. Another thing, another fear that I had was uh, he ended up, uh, him and his wife got a divorce and he started dating this girl who at the time she had a fiance and she left her fiance for my brother. And I, I also started having this weird thoughts of like, what if this dude is like fucking crazy and he comes after my brother because, you know, he broke up their pre-marriage or whatever. I was having weird thoughts about that. And I was warned. I was like, I was like, you should just be careful, man. Like, just if that guy comes around, just like get away from him. Like you have kid, you have a kid. You don't need to mess around with trying to be macho and trying to like defend her. Like, just get away from this fucking dude. Just get just don't mess around with like angry, jealous, former boyfriends. Like, I, I just had a weird feeling. And then, you know, lo and behold, something something did happen. So, sorry, that was a long-winded response, but I can't explain that. I don't believe in paranormal shit. I don't believe in psychic bullshit. But I can explain how for, like, 15 years before my brother died, I just had this feeling that something bad was going to happen to him and that I had to stop it from happening. And I tried. I tried to. I mean, that is just so heavy. That's so heavy. Um, the the weird thing is that is about it too is the that kind of just like inborn knowledge. Like you know, we we just did an episode about cold reading, right? You know, it's once you understand the patterns, it's pretty easy to figure out how someone would become interested in that and get high off of that emotionally and delve into that as a way of manipulating people or getting your kicks. Okay, totally the 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 not specific or codified just like general emotional impulses that we all experience um you know i've had stuff like that too where you you have a dream and the dream is this weird you know like i mean frankly yours sound more productive than mine i have dreams where it's like i'm sitting in a room and I don't know the person I'm sitting in the room with and we're talking about something stupid and then 
you know, somebody says a phrase that's like, you know, uh, two black and one white. And then five years later, I'll be like in a room with on a first date and somebody in the room says two black and one white. And who knows if I'm actually psychically dreaming or if it's just like the weird word salad soup immediately pulls me back to that dream I had years and years ago where I'm like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, I, I mean, again, that's nowhere near what you're talking about. Yeah. And that and that, that dream that you had, you told me you have frequently where you just you're dreaming and then you're just like December 4th, 2023, my dick will fall off. Yeah. I mean, there's I do frequently dream things and then either I'm. Either I'm dreaming things that actually do happen or I'm dreaming things that are so common in an experience or a routine that I'm in that there is a high likelihood that something like that would happen. Yeah, I mean, that's what I usually chalk that kind of stuff up to. Like if like if I had a dream, like you said, with like an exact verbatim phrase that I heard in real life, I would think it was crazy. I would be like, holy shit. But I would just like, I guess that's just... The, the probability of a, coinc a coincidence like that happening is probably just higher than we think it is, you know? Yeah, and, and it's interesting because sometimes I feel that way, and then sometimes I'm like, oh my god, I have fully had a premonition about this, or I have... Oh my god, I'm the lamest precog ever. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, you know, I'm, oh my god, I... Never in a million years would I thought I would have been in a Vons on 3rd in Vermont in Los Angeles and I would have seen someone drop a bag of pennies. Well, that's kind of like what I said in the in the uh, in the John Edward episode. That's where, like I was saying, like, I, I, I don't discount totally that there could be psychic phenomena, but I just feel like if there was, it just wouldn't be so like perfectly buttoned up that it would be this magical power that you could like wield like a like a like a fucking wizard and you could turn it into like this skill that you could use to like solve crimes and give people I feel like it would just be like largely useless it would be like oh I predicted that this guy was gonna be at this store no 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 significance to it I just I just knew this guy was gonna be here yeah totally and like you know I've experienced things like that where I have seen an image or you know, had a feeling or, you know, pictured someone's face mentally or in a dream or whatever. And then six months later, I've encountered it again. But like you said, it's useless. It's not it's not a thing where I'm like on December 24th, 2023, my dick will fall no, off. It's December 4th. It's December 4th. That's uh, Oh, December 4th. December 4th. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have less time than you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I better get to better get to getting. Use it before you lose it. Like literally. <laughs> this this eyebrow raising is just really playing well on this podcast <laughs> yeah but i mean uh, i mean we can go back to the, i i just feel like i feel like ultimately i land in the same place as you even with both of our pseudo psychic or you know paranormal phenomena which aren't even really they're just kind of these weird unexplainable things I think I side on the side of like, I'm open to those things ex existing. I don't really think they do, but also I'm not so sure that I'm not, you know, like if I'm in a graveyard, I'm not about to be yelling like ghosts don't exist. You guys are all bitches. Like I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Better safe than sorry. I wouldn't necessarily, I never, I never really align myself with agnosticism because I feel like agnosticism is like, it's almost like being a centrist, like where it's just like it's just like the intellectually lazy way out, like agnostic people. They just are like, I'm just not even going to think about it. I'm just going to be like, 
could be. I'd have to see proof, but it could be. And that's just like that's just like you didn't think about it. You never you've never thought about this. You just don't want to. So I I wouldn't align. I've always aligned myself much more with atheism than agnosticism um, because I just feel like agnosticism is just kind of an annoying position to take. It's just like you just are lazy and don't want to think about something. Um, But what I do believe I think is kind of more in line with agnosticism which is that like I like you said I don't believe this stuff but I'm also like not so arrogant that I'm just like it's absolutely not real cuz I feel like there are things about this world and this existence that we couldn't even fathom like the inner workings of how it actually functions you know when Catherine turned 8 years old she began incessantly talking about how she would not live to the age of 16 this is a quote if you wouldn't mind reading this she didn't have a happy childhood her father and I went through a divorce when she was 8 years old She and her father were extremely close. When she was in the seventh grade, one of her closest friends died of a heart disease. This affected Catherine deeply. That's one of the main reasons we moved to Las Vegas, was to give Kathy another chance to get away from that atmosphere and that environment that she grew up in, her mom said. Despite being introverted, Kathy made a new circle of friends. However, that quickly turned into a dark cloud. One night, she approached her mother and started crying. Vivian asked, I don't want to grow up. I don't want to get older. Her mother quickly explained that growing up is difficult, but we all have to do it. Just before her 16th birthday, Kathy started spiraling. Deep into a depression, she refused to leave her bedroom. She read all day. She barely ate. And then on the morning of her 16th birthday, she woke up to find herself still alive. Hoping that her nearly lifelong premonitions had been completely false, she began to come out of her depression. Kathy planned to open a hair salon called Kathy's Cuts. In many ways, I can I can relate to a lot of this stuff. I actually talked about this in a previous episode recently. Which, which episode did I talk about this stuff on? Was it was it the John Edward episode? I can't remember which episode it was. I talked about like a recent one in the last three or four episodes um, of this idea that when I was a kid, I, I, I was uniquely consumed with not wanting to die and kind of being like freaked out about aging and getting older. And, and my mom has told me that like, from a from a young age, and I, I I'm assuming this probably has something to do with the uh, you know the autism that I didn't realize I had at the time, or nobody realized I had at the time. Um, the, I, I I from a very young age I had like a Peter Pan syndrome where I just didn't want to grow up, and my mom told me that I used to just tell her I didn't want to get older, I wanted to stay a kid forever, and. I was like depressed about getting older and dying. And then as I got older, the things that I can remember, it was just it just kind of solidified into this sort of like fear and anxiety of aging and getting and dying and, you know, life ending and the way that things, you know, life moves on and nothing, you know, good lasts forever. Just a lot of anxiety and fear around that stuff. Um, And then also simultaneously this feeling about my brother. And so I can relate in a lot of ways, but I can only imagine because there's there's a couple of key differences here. Number one is the premonition or the feeling or whatever was about herself, which I could imagine if instead of this feeling that something was going to happen to my brother, that if it was me, I feel like there would have been a lot more anxiety uh, surrounding that if it was just like, I'm going to die. And not that I like care more about myself than my brother, but it's just like the idea that you're, yeah. And also the fact that there was a time, like I never had like a, I'm going to die when I'm 16. It was just a fear of dying generally with no particular end date. So I can only imagine those two th- compounding things. I, you know, the, the, I I struggled with this anxiety when I was growing up. It was not fun. 
I can only imagine how much worse it was for somebody who thought that they were going to die at a specific time. It's really, it really feels like some sort of Edgar Allan Poe story or something where there's just this ticking clock winding down on your, I mean, everyone's childhood, there's a ticking clock winding down. But when you know that the end of the childhood is death and not just moving into the next stage of things, that's fucking intense. And yet, tragically, Kathy would go missing. As the search for Kathy widened, a clerk at the local grocery store remembered seeing her sometime around midnight. After a thorough search, a receipt for a paperback book was found at 11.17pm, the night that she went missing. Kathy had, in fact, been in the grocery store that night. Could her abductor have been there as well? Security camera technology in 1987 wasn't what it is today, so there was no video record of her. However, due to Las Vegas's 24-hour lifestyle, there were numerous people around, but only the one clerk that remembered her. Nine days after she disappeared, a hiker named Rick Packold found something out in the desert surrounding Lake Mead. I was walking back to the car. I was probably 150 or 200 feet from the road, and I was stopped by a very strong odor. I decided to see where it was coming from or what it was, and that's when I found Catherine's body. It was the most horrible thing I'd ever seen in my life. I had to sit down and gather my thoughts and make sure that what I was looking at was real. When I realized it was a human body, I went back to the car, back to Calville Bay Ranger Station, and got the rangers and brought them back out to the site. The police identified her body and knew that it was Catherine almost immediately. The police also found two blood-stained rocks. And it was, well, it's over now. And I fell back to sleep. The next morning, Vivian discovered that Kathy's bedrooms matched Kathy's blood type. Feeling uh, at the time is to want to run home grab your daughter by the arm and bring her to the scene and say, this is why I say, no, you can't go out late at night. Investigators found tire imprints at the scene showing where a vehicle had pulled in, turned around and left. They also found two rocks spattered with blood near Kathy's body. Tests established that the stains matched Kathy's blood type. The coroner concluded that Kathy Hobbs had died from repeated blows to the head. She was 16 years, three months, and three days old when she was killed. So she made it to 16, but uh, not much after that. But she was right, you know. She did have this premonition um, that she wasn't going to live to be an adult. After Kathy's death, letters were found in her room addressed to each member of the family. The letters were dated one month before Kathy's 16th birthday. Dear Mother, in event of my death, you shall get this letter. I hope you live happily, and I don't want you or anyone else to dwell on my death. I love you all very dearly. You are good to me, and nobody else could have been a better mother. Keep me alive in your heart, and don't ever forget me. Love always, Kathy. And she was a very good friend, as well as being my daughter. The most direct route to where she... Obviously, this is fucked up. Like, this, that goes without saying. This is so dark and so fucked up. But the, you know, the, the there's, a, there's a bunch of things going into this. Because number one, I mean, number one, that... That's so that's so bleak and so sad that not only did she die at 16, which is just 
fucked up no matter what. This horrible, unspeakable the idea that you're the idea that your daughter would die at such a young age and that you wouldn't get to live a full life, but also that like much of her life leading up to that was just crippled by this fear. Like it didn't seem like she lived that great of a life if she's like if she's like 16 years old writing like farewell letters to her family being like don't don't be sad when I'm gone. Like seems like she was going through a rough fucking time mentally, you know, mental health wise. That's not only did she did she die, but she also just was like wasn't didn't live a great life mentally before that. Um but also, you know, the, to a certain degree, uh, you know, some 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 aspect of this, of this whole like, you know, she she went out late at night and she died. Uh, she was, you know, abducted and killed. You know, this cautionary tale, you know, everybody should take their daughters and see this story so that they know why you're saying you can't go lay it out at night. Like an aspect of that, an aspect of that is kind of very specific American fear mongering about stranger danger like the the odds of something like that happening are so astronomically low and it's not thought of in the same way in many other countries um and you know a lot of european countries just are are flabbergasted by the level of like helicopter parenting that we do in the u.s and how we just don't let our kids go out and do stuff an aspect of that is is like stranger danger fear mongering. I mean, it's a very real possibility, but it's a very low possibility of something like, th- like this actually ever happening to you. But considering the fact that in this country, we very much associate with like, don't go out in, you know, at night, don't go out into like sketchy neighborhoods and blah, 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 blah. The level of guilt that her mom must feel for having just let her go out is so heartbreaking. The level of guilt she must internalize the fact that her mother claims that she experienced some sort of psychic tether being broken between them where, you know, I, I don't think we actually talked about it earlier in this, but I don't remember if we played the sound clip or not. Yeah, she she woke up at, at some point in the night and felt like she was like hit over the head and then she felt like a, a calm, like it was like something was over. Who knows if it's real or, you know, kind of some sort of emotional Stockholm syndrome to grapple with the grief, but... With everything else, especially the letters that Kathy left, I'm just like, these motherfuckers are psychic. These motherfuckers are, they're just out here being carries, but in a nice way. They're just trying to take care of each other. They're going full carry, trying, trying to take care of each other. And the, the, just really quick, the, and the last thing is, the, 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 the most sad part of thing about it, the most sad thing about it to me, well, not the most sad thing, but that's, that's an that's a exaggeration. The most sad thing about it to me is that she fucking died. But one of the really sad things about it to me is that going out late at night and walking by yourself to some store is probably not something that somebody who is terrified that they're going to die would do. I don't think that that's something that somebody who had this looming specter of I'm going to die soon would ever do. They would be this really kind of like careful risk averse person. So, it seems to me that clearly she had like a weight lifted off of her when she turned 16 and didn't die. It probably felt like this new lease on life of like, oh, I, I was wrong. I was wrong. I'm not going to die. And then she was able to have the freedom to start doing things like that. She probably walked out into a, to a grocery store in the middle of the night with this feeling of like, oh, I was wrong about these years of this anxiety and I can actually do things like this and not worry about it. 
And the fact that she opened herself up in that way was what caused her to die. That's that's fucked. It's super fucked. It's super fucked. Yeah. I yeah, there's just so many kind of Ouroboros <laughs> ideas in this story of like people having some sort of awareness that a tragedy is coming or has just happened and then playing into it or the awareness or the fear of it causing it to happen. It's a very final destination, but in real life, and somebody actually lost their life, which is so fucking sad. Yeah, yeah, very, very final destination. And, and also, it it kind of reminds me of like the, the joke thought I've always had about That's So Raven. If you ever watch that show where like she has psychic visions of like some random thing happening out of context. And then like the whole episode is about her trying to prevent that thing from happening. And in trying to prevent it from happening, she causes it to happen, which is like, that's a, that's a good dramatic um, framing for an episode of a TV show. But in real life, the obvious answer is you should just ignore your psychic visions. (laughs) Your, Your psychic visions just literally cause the thing to happen. So just ignore them. Uh, and, and, and this is like that where like the, the, the obsession with this premonition that she had kind of ended up causing the thing to actually come to, to pass, you know, sort of, sort of, it's this weird, like, you know, it kind of, you know, it, it's hard to say that it literally did cause it didn't literally, but like you're saying the, the self-confidence of going to the store late at night might not have been a normal thing. She maybe would have gone back inside when all those kids weren't at the pool, you know, but with the newly the newfound relief that she had made it to 16 and not passed away, that gave her the ability to go out, which then unfortunately caused uh, this tragedy. On October 28th, the Las Vegas police precinct received an anonymous tip on one of their answering machines. He grabbed this girl in front of the store on Desert Inn in Maryland. This is a few months. I've been out of town. I wrote this down because she was screaming and they pulled her in the car. She was a very young girl wearing a white jacket and pink jeans. And the guy's name was push her in the car. Robbie. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. That, that's fucked. He just he witnessed a kidnapping and just didn't say anything and then just went out of town and then came back months later and was like, oh, by the way, what the fuck? He also gave a potential license plate number of what he thinks the license plate was might have been. Uh, and the make and model of a car, uh, but ultimately it didn't turn out to be the exact fit. Um, the uh, the this kind of caused this like reopening of the not reopening the investigation because the investigation was you know not closed. They didn't know who did it, but it had died, and so it renewed public interest. And so they they did like this public campaign to try and get this person to come forward and give more information or call again so they could ask more questions. And they did like a press conference with. Uh, Kathy's mom, which is just super brutal. You know, they like they, they 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 were making a public appeal like, please tell us what you know. We're not going to we don't need to know who you are, but we just need to know if you remember anything else, um, which is tragically it, it didn't it didn't manifest in anything substantial at that time. However, flash forward, they eventually did find someone who they think was the murderer. Uh, the key suspect in the case was eventually nailed down to be a man named Michael Lee Lockhart. He was born in 1960 and was a serial killer in Florida, Indiana, and Texas. Lockhart was apprehended when Officer Paul Holsey Jr. was found dead after he tried to arrest Lockhart 
while driving a stolen Corvette in Beaumont, Texas. This resulted in a high-speed chase and an eventual crash. Lockhart was eventually tried and convicted in Griffith, Indiana, uh, for the case of a 16-year-old named uh, Wendy Gallagher. He also pled guilty to uh, a murder in Florida of Jennifer Kohler. Lockwood was eventually executed in Texas in 1997 on December 9th. Uh, His final meal was a double meat cheeseburger, french fries, and Coca-Cola. And his final words were, A lot of people view what is happening here as evil, but I want you to know that I found love and compassion here, the people who work here. I thank them for the kindness they have shown me, and I deeply appreciate all that has been done for me by the people who work here. That's all, Warden. I'm ready. <laughs> weird final words. It's like, it's like, you know, I'm. let's just elephant in the room. I'm not going to talk about the murders, but like the customer service here was fucking phenomenal. Um, and so he he was accused of like raping and murdering like multiple people in each of those states in Florida, Texas and Indiana. And there was footage of him driving a car at one point is my memory. I can't quite I can't quite remember why they thought that he was connected to the Kathy Hobbs case. But I think they got an informant to either come forward or there was footage of him driving a car that matched a similar make and model to the witness who said that he saw this the kidnapping. The question being that the the original witness said there were multiple people, two people, um, that he thought kidnapped um, Kathy Hobbs. Uh, so was this guy working with somebody else or was he by himself? We don't really know. Um, but what ultimately shook out is that they closed the case because they are reasonably certain that um, Michael Lee Lockhart is the man who uh, killed Kathy Hobbs. Yeah, and just the 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 sheer fucking circumstance that had to go into that of just like choosing to go out, like because that's not like a nor that's not like an unusual thing. It's not like oh she went grocery shopping and got abducted. Like she went out at like 10 o'clock at night to buy a book because she happened to read a book and was kind of like, I guess, hankering to get to the next part of the book. So she, so she goes out in the middle of the night and then just happens to be there when a, when a fucking like countrywide serial killer who's like hopping states just happens to be there. If that if he even was the guy who killed her, like that's, you know, they've they've closed the case. They think it's him, but he was executed and never confessed to her murder. Um but, you know, the thing that's genuinely haunting about it to me is the fact that she wrote these letters and had, you know, half of her life had psychic predictions that she was going to die prematurely. Um, it's pretty, pretty intense. It's pretty fucking intense. It lines up with kind of the way that I've thought about the thing with my brother, too, because it's like I I've, I definitely think it's very weird and unexplainable, but I don't necessarily think about it as psychic premonition. I've more thought, and once again, I have no fucking idea what it is. I, my, these are just speculations. And, I, and I'm kind of like, generally my mindset is like, maybe there's just some things that we just can't understand. But the way that I've thought about it is not that it's a psychic premonition, but more of just like, and this almost sounds kind of hippie-ish, but that's not the way that I mean it. But almost that, that there's just like this binary energy where it's just like there's just an energy that I feel that something bad is going to happen to him. And that kind of lines up with this where it's, you know, you could you could say it's a psychic premonition or just there was an energy that she felt that like her life was not going to be long, you know. And maybe there's just something like that that we just can't 
we there's something in that we can feel that we just don't know we don't have an understanding of and have no words to like explain it i also think the the simple fact that you know stories like this i i tend to feel a little skeptical on um typically where i'm like "Uh uh-huh sure uh but viewed either way i still have a lot of empathy for everyone involved because let's say she didn't have these psychic visions and her mother faked everything wrote the letters and made up this story right she was doing that to try and get attention to find the killer right i i if it yielded her closure or uh potential leads on who they think the killer might have been fuck it worth it who gives a shit yeah yeah and who who is it hurting to just have this little like lore of like why your daughter was and then if she's not and it's a genuine thing again man that's fucking brutal that's really brutal and my heart goes out to her because that's it's so fucking sad and in those interviews when she starts breaking down crying and she's reading the letters or she's just talking about her daughter like man i yeah I, the the process of losing somebody in that way where they've been telling you for their entire life that they're going to not be around very soon oof oof that's that's a deep level of pain yeah there's also probably some guilt there as well not just the whole like i let her go out in the middle of the night but also just like you know whether or not there was any validity to the visions or if it was just a huge coincidence just that feeling in the back of your mind of like I'm assuming they didn't take her seriously. I'm assuming that they were just like, you're being ridiculous. Maybe not. I don't think they would say it. I'm not saying that they would say it like that, but I'm I'm assuming that it was just a, a quirk of their daughter that they gave zero thought to other than like, she seems upset about this. Like, like it's, it's a, it's a little, you know, every kid has their little things. Uh, and to, and for that to happen and just be like, oh, we never took her, took her seriously. We never listened to her when she was telling us this thing. There's, pro- there's probably some guilt associated with that as well. Yeah, I mean, I would ask your final thoughts, but I feel like we've both kind of run through our uh, our final thoughts pretty substantially already. Yeah, basically just open to the idea that there's some kind of like psychic phenomenon, although I don't necessarily, necessarily believe in it. Uh, but there have been some things in my life that have happened that I've kind of had to compartmentalize because I can't explain them and they sort of contradict my general worldview. Uh, so, you know, everybody has something like that where you believe a certain thing and there's like one little thing that doesn't gel with your opinion on something. And you're just like, I'm just going to I'm just going to file that away in the in a in a unmarked folder that I never think about. Um, and this definitely reminds me of that where it's like I like. Uh, unlike the John Edward episode, I listen to this story and watch that Unsolved Mysteries episode and hear the details of it. And I'm just like, I, I have no explanation for this. I, I have no fucking way of rationalizing what happened here other than to say that, like, it was a huge coincidence. Uh, but other than that, I have no way of rationalizing this. It's very sad. And I'm just going to file it away in that unmarked folder. <laughs> On that note, I'm Dave Baker. And I'm Spandrew Spice. This has been Deep Cuts. If you'd like to find me online, you can do so at heydavebaker.com. You can find all the issues of Halloween Boy. The new fifth one just dropped. Uh, You can also find my books, Mary Tyler Moorhawk, which is available for pre-order wherever you get your books. And my toy, Halloween Boy toy, also up for pre-order on Big Bad Toy Store. Spandrew Spice, where can people find you? You cannot find me on social media because i don't use social media 
But if you want to pay your respects to the dear beloved Papa Pricey, you can get his book, Deadbolt AI Private Eye, a comic about a future robot detective by going to dapricerights.com. You can follow us on social media by going to Facebook, searching Deep Cuts Podcast or the Deep Cuts Podcast Facebook group. You can join our Discord server, bit.ly.com slash Discord. You can follow us on Instagram at Deep Cuts Pod. You can follow us on TikTok at Mystery Treehouse. You can follow me on TikTok because I'm fucking lied and I am on social media uh, at Dead Boy Detective. Um, and you can go to our shop, deepcutspod.com. Click on the shop and get some cool merch. And you can just find us. Just please find us. We're lost. Deep Cuts is a production by Boy Genius Media. If you'd like to find this show and others like it, please visit boygeniusmedia.com or deepcutspod.com. If you want to join in on post-episode discussions, please join the Deep Cuts Podcast Facebook group. Finally, subscribe to our YouTube channel for additional video content.